You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Good morning, East Point Church. Merry Christmas one more time. Thank you for being here this morning. Go ahead and open up your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We are going to look at a story that all of you, I'm sure, have heard many, many times. The traditional Christmas story. From your first time hearing it in Charlie Brown, or maybe growing up in church, or hearing it at the latest kids musical, and seeing angels that are just adorable little angels on the play, forgetting their lines. Wherever you have heard this very familiar story, this morning I want us to look at a familiar story, but glean fresh significance. What if for the next few moments we took this traditional passage and we just, we just wrung it out and we, and we broke it down? What if we, we looked at this passage with fresh eyes? What would we find? What would God be saying to our church this morning? And I'm convinced that just for a few moments, if we look at the Christmas story and, and, just, and just ring it for all of its significance, look at it with fresh eyes, I think all of us this morning will leave seeing hope. This passage is dripping with hope. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. How many of you guys have had your your fill of Christmas events this month? How many Christmas parties, work parties, employee parties, cousins parties, dog parties, you name it, Christmas parties. This is a time of year where those of you who are event planners, you are just licking your chops, right? This is your time to shine. There are event goers and there are event planners. I am an event Goer, how many of you in this room would consider yourself an event planner? Okay, you're like, Psh, not too shabby. I've been known to throw a Christmas party or two in my life. All right, well, I'm talking to the event planners. I want you to pretend for a moment that we are going to have a massive weekend event, special guest, special occasion. Just imagine a huge, huge event for the weekend, and you have been charged with planning the event. You are responsible for the accommodations. You are responsible for the details. And most importantly, you are responsible for choosing the venue. How many of you know that one of the most important parts of any event is the venue? Where are you going to host this event? You see, the venue, it's not just the space. It's not just the physical room. The venue is communicating to everybody in attendance what this party is all about. The venue communicates just how important we think this is. It tells the guests what they should expect and what the, the, the reason for why we are even hosting this event. And so you're responsible for choosing the venue. You're thinking of all the venues. You've got to put up the guests in a nice hotel. You've got to think about what, what restaurants are we going to host this at? Where's the venue for food? What, what, uh, where are we going to have the meetings? Where's the party? Who's coming? Don't neglect the venue. The venue is important. The venue has to match what we are trying to accomplish. And so let me ask you this question to my event planners. What venue would you choose if I told you that the guest is from heaven? What venue would you choose for this weekend event if I told you that we were going to host a host of angels from heaven who have come to planet earth 
to announce nothing less than the hope of the world. What venue do you think is most appropriate to proclaim the life-changing, world-shaping message of Christmas? This morning, we're looking at the venue. And I'm telling you, this may not be the venue that you would choose here in Luke chapter 2, but this venue, it communicates exactly what it was meant to communicate. This venue is precisely the venue that was needed because this venue is a statement of hope. Let's look at the passage together, starting in verse 8. I'm going to read it all, and then we'll break it down. This is God's word for East Point Church. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is God's word for us this morning. And so let's look look back at the first verse. We see in verse 8 that an angel arrives to shepherds. Now, I don't know which angel in heaven is responsible for the event planning up there. I don't know which angel God has appointed to do all of their special occasions, but I realize that it is now time to choose a venue for the press conference that will shape the course of history. Now, if it were me, I would be choosing a venue that was filled with palaces, ornate cathedrals, right, filled with kings and dignitaries. I would be inviting people to this press conference that were very important right? Movers, shakers, world leaders. I picture a scene like from Lord of the Rings, right? One of these stately throne rooms and a herald of heaven proceeds with fine clothing and many onlookers because this announcement is so special. But look at the passage. I don't see any balls. I don't see any throne rooms. I don't see any assemblies of important people. God sends his holy messengers. He sends these divine heralds to who? To shepherds sitting out in a field in the dark with smelly sheep. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. (laughs) We see here, just in the first verse, we, we see this juxtaposition of shepherds And angels, we see the shining glory of these radiant beings who are shining because they live in the presence of the radiant one with shepherds in a dark field at night and their farmhands. These things don't seem to go together. There's a visual irony here. These things don't seem to match, and we have it like this on purpose. Why? Because before Jesus Christ ever spoke a word, before he was old enough to walk, before he was old enough to talk, let alone proclaim his own message and mission statement, we have the message of Christmas morning right here. God's grace is pictured before it's proclaimed. Look at the picture 
and hear the message. See the irony and pick up what God is putting down. This scene perfectly captures who Jesus is and what he's all about. Jesus is the one who has come to connect heaven and earth. Jesus is the God who has stepped down from on high to come near to the lowly. He's the one who brings light to dwell with darkness. Jesus takes things that don't seem to go together. Angels and shepherds, light and darkness, you and God, and he connects them. Before the gospel is ever proclaimed, it's pictured. And so an angel comes to a field in the middle of the night to stinky shepherds, and we hear the message loud and clear. This is the meaning of Christmas. By God's grace, he has come to people and places that you would least expect. I'll never forget when I first moved here and I became the pastor at East Point Church, and I met a gentleman in the lobby. It was his first time, and I'd never seen him again, but he, he kind of had this like jittery look to him, and he comes up and goes, so you're the new guy, huh? I'm like, Who's asking? I don't know, you know? And he's like, you're the new guy. And so he takes my hand and he shakes it and he goes, you should be glad that you guys meet in a YMCA. I said, I am glad. Why are you glad? He said, because if this was an ordinary church building, I would have been struck by lightning as soon as I stepped in here. I said, yes, nice to meet you. And we, we laugh, but like in that moment, do you hear what he's saying? Do, do you get his point? He's saying, man, Good thing you meet in a Y because my only hope for not being destroyed is to be in a YMCA. And what we learned this morning, no, your only hope to being right with God is his grace. There are so many people who feel like they're far from God and I, and I can't relate and I'm, I'm spiritually unimpressive. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you're too far. You don't belong here. You're in a church. Oh, that's rich. Oh, if only she could see you in church now. If only he knew you were here. You're not good enough. You're not spiritually impressive enough. But here's the message for you. Listen to the message of Christmas. The God who made the universe has come to be in relationship with humanity. Hear the message of Christmas this morning. All of the other world's religions call you to climb higher, to ascend, to clean up your act, to get right, to be better, to try harder so that the gods may notice you. And on Christmas morning, we see Jesus inverted, and we see of a God who has come down to those who don't deserve it, to those who dwell in darkness. This is the most approachable God there is. He is literally a down-to-earth God. Literally. You flip the page and you see that this Jesus, he will go on to spend his life, he will spend time and kick it with the most religiously unimpressive people there are. And then he'll get to the end of his life and he'll die for them so that those far from God people can come and be with God. Do you feel like you're too far? Merry Christmas, because he's come near. The God of heaven went out to a field so that those who feel too far can come into a building. This is who our God is. This is the message of Christmas. And I love how real the Bible is, right? Because it doesn't say that the shepherds had the supernatural epiphany. The shepherds were not like, wow, how cool that the God of heaven has come into dark with smelly guys like us. This is really profound. No, they don't get it. It just says, what does it say? It says they are scared. 
They're scared. It literally, the, the text says, they feared with a great fear. They were scared. They were terrified. They had no idea what was happening. And so look at the next verse. Look what the angels say to them. And the angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The birth of the Son is the advent of the Savior. The angels show up and they they see the shepherds trembling. And they say, whoa, 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 this is not an omen. You have not crossed into the afterlife. No, this is not a reason to fear. No concern. Fear not. This is quite the opposite. The herald of heaven says, I have come with good news. And this good news, this historic event, if you grasp it, will produce great joy. Great joy. I just want to pause there and say to my friends in this room, this is the time of year where we can remind ourselves, fear not. You who are anxious, you who can't sleep at night, you who are stressed, you who, who, who just feel the weariness of whatever it is you're going through, you who are fearing the worst case scenario, shh, shh, shh. fear not. Because there is good news. And this good news, if you grasp it, if you truly understand it and unpackage it, if you realize the implications of it, this good news will produce great joy. Some of you in this room, you haven't felt joy in a long time. Some of you can't even spell joy right now. It's too hard to even imagine feeling joy. There is good news that produces great joy if you get it. So what is the good news? The good news is a birth announcement. We're having a baby. That's what the angel says. I don't think he showed up with a pregnancy test, but he came and he said, I am positive. Two line positive. We're having a baby. So your friends tell you you're having a baby and what's the question? What is it going to be? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? What are we going to have? And the angel says, we're having a savior. (laughs) We're having a savior. Look what it says. This is not just any baby. Unto you is born a savior. And so the baby comes and And they write, Jesus the Christ. First name, middle name, last name. Mother Mary, Father Joseph. And then notice the the address. Did you notice the address that they put on the birth certificate? Did you see it? Come on, you got to pay attention to these things. It's the Bible. Every detail matters. On the birth certificate, they write here, he is born in the city of David. If you're familiar with your your Bible, or maybe you're not, just to catch you up, David was the best king that Israel has ever had. Okay, I'll say it this way. David was like the high watermark of kings, okay? He established a kingdom of peace, of righteousness, of godliness. He was the best king they ever had. And now the angel tells us that in the same city, from the same family tree, a baby is born. Not a coincidence. This is the long-awaited king that God said would come from David's line. This baby is the Messiah, the Christ. This is the child that God said would come that would sit on the throne forever as the shepherd king. We're having a baby. And the birth of this son is the advent of the Savior. You see, Israel had been waiting for centuries for this baby to come. 
Israel had been looking forward to the day that the king would come, that the child would be born, that the servant would lead. Because this servant would change everything. And so he's here. But notice what the angel says. He goes, the Messiah, the Christ that you've been waiting for, he's finally here, Israel, but it's not just for you. Because this will be a savior for all the people. It's not just for Israel. It's for you. It's for me. This is a savior for the whole world. And so here we are celebrating Christmas, right? Think about this. We're celebrating Christmas. We're singing the songs. We're reading the passages. A savior is born. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. But we have to address the elephant in the room if it really is going to be a Merry Christmas. Because why are we celebrating the arrival of a savior unless we acknowledge the fact that we need saving? Merry Christmas! The Savior is here! Do you need a Savior? I didn't think so. This is why Christmas is good news. Because you and I are all in need of a Savior. We need saving. We need saving. No matter where you've been in your life, no matter where life has taken you, I think we are all on the same playing field. None of us in this room would say on our own that we have nailed this life thing. We're like, buy Christmas presents? Check. Nail and figure out life. Double check. None of us, all of us have fallen short in a million ways. All of us, as soon as we step out of this building, if we look around, if we're honest with ourselves, as, just, as guys and girls here, listen, we realize that this world does not look an awful lot like the way that God designed it to be lived. We have to admit that, right? We all fall short in a million ways. We all say things we wish we didn't say. We botch relationships that we didn't wish we botched. We, we think things that we can't believe we thought. I don't even have to list all of the sins and the, the failures. We just know it to be true in our own lives. We all fail in a million ways. We have all fallen short of the design. And yet, my friends, there's hope. Because if you and I just acknowledge in all humility... Yes, I'm in need of saving. Then Christmas becomes the best news in the world for you. If you're here this morning and there's just a part of you that acknowledges, yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect. Right? Why is it so hard to admit that? But especially in marriage. I'm like, I'm not perfect. It's like, say it again, Sam. Like, no. <laughs> Said it once. I'll text you later. You know, just, we're not perfect. We fall short. We are in need of saving. But that's okay because that just means Christmas is really a game changer. That means that the arrival of a Savior really is good news because the Savior has come for me. The Savior has come for you. And so the angel says, we're having a baby. It's a Savior. And where are you going to find this Savior? Where are you going to find this King who has come to rescue humanity? Look what it says. You will find him in a manger. (laughs) Once again, do do you feel the visual irony? Do you feel the stark contrast? The king of heaven, savior of earth, you will find him in a feeding trough next to the pigs and the cows and the sheep. Behold your God. The high king of heaven has come low to earth. God of heaven has come to save you, not by demanding that you ascend to him but by descending and coming near to you. This is an approachable Savior. He's near to us, not high and far away. Good news! 
And if you understand this good news, it'll produce great joy. So what's your response? What's your reaction? How do you respond to these good tidings of great joy? How do I respond? And I wonder if our response looks like the heavenly response found in the last couple of verses. Look how he wraps this up. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Seeing God's plan leads to singing God's praises. You know, there are certain tidbits of info that if you were to tell me, I would respond with a simple, noted, heard, right? It's like when my kids come to me, daddy, daddy, and they tell me something less than meaningful, right? I just go, thank you for telling me. Moving on, right? It's like, FYI, there are just certain pieces of information that don't matter a whole lot. You just log them away and you go, good, I heard you, thank you. This good news is not one of those. What the angel is saying is not a tidbit of info. This is not an FYI in case you're interested. What he has come to announce, friends, is not take it or leave it. This is a game changer. This is a powerful demonstration of God at work. This is nothing less than God in heaven invading earth. This is a game changer. Heaven itself gets excited about this. And so they respond, how? Well, one angel becomes a multitude of heavenly hosts and they start praising God. They go, man, this news, I can't keep quiet. I can't sit still. I can't... Noted, with an an emotionless response, heaven itself gathers together and it praises God out loud. The angels of heaven use their words. They draw attention. Look at the word. They draw glory to God. They let the songs of their mouth and the songs of their heart and the songs of their life draw attention to say he is supremely good. And as I see the angel's response, as I reflected on this this week, I can't help but notice, I'll be honest, and I don't know why this is, I can't help but notice how easy it is for me, Sam Cassie's here, to respond to the good news of great joy with a noted, moving on. Anybody else? We read the stories, we hear the songs. We go to the sermons, and I just don't know. It's so easy. It's almost concerning, right? Like, maybe because I grew up in the faith. Maybe because I grew up in church. Maybe because I'm too familiar. Maybe, maybe because I allow other things to capture my imagination, and I spend more time contemplating those things. But for whatever reason, and maybe you're with me, it is so easy to respond to the good news of great joy with, noted, thank you for that abstract piece of information that has nothing to do with my life. And as I see the angels singing this week, I'm reminded I need to stoke the fire of my affections. I need to consciously make an effort to draw my mind to dwell on the significance of what this is and what this means. We're here with the angels and even the shepherds who would go on to sing. And it reminds me, what if we as a church, what if we as a community allowed ourselves this Christmas to refresh and to reawaken the awe. What if we allowed ourselves to just retune in to just how much of a game changer this is? Do we respond to the message of Christmas with a, well, that's cute. Well, that's nice. Okay, there we go. 
Or do we understand the implications of this great news that God himself has come to save us? And so we end here with the shepherds, with the angels singing, drawing glory to God. And I ask you, friends, will you worship too? Will you worship too? Will you, this holiday season, will you acknowledge the good news of great joy from your heart? All of us are worshiping something. All of us are drawing attention and praise and glory to something. Will you join me and worship the one who came for you? Worship the one who came for you. So whether you're feeling far or whether you're feeling close and secure in the love of God, Take a fresh look at the grace of the God who comes near and let it move you to worship this Christmas. Let it move you to praise and adoration. Worship the one who came for you. Worship him with your life. Let every aspect of your life be a response to his love. Worship him with your adoration and your affections, giving him the emotional response that he deserves. And worship him with your song. Worship him with your words. Worship him by joining your song to the chorus of angels and shepherds, saying glory to God in the highest. Amen? Let's stand and worship him together. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.